Hello and welcome back to a new episode of the Leading Yourself podcast. We continue our conversations around the magic of mindset. Last week, we talked about what is mindset and four different types of mindset. We talk about the fixed and growth mindset and the scarcity and abundance mindset. And we all agree that we want to cultivate more of a growth and abundance mindset in our lives. This week, we're taking that conversation to work. And we're going to talk about how to cultivate these mindsets at work regardless of where you are in the organization or how far along you are in your career. So if you want to learn more about mindset and how to cultivate these mindsets at work, keep listening and let's dig in into today's podcast episode. Welcome to the Leading Yourself podcast. This is your host, Carolina de Arriba. I'm an HR professional, health and fitness coach, wife, mom, and above all things, a goal getter. In this podcast, we're going to be digging into all things leadership, professional and career development, habits, and relationships. This is a podcast for those who want to become the best version of themselves. Those who have big dreams and are willing to embrace the journey and put in the work to achieve them. My goal is to share with you the tools, tips, and tricks to help you in your journey. So let's dig in into today's episode. So let's start talking about the growth mindset. And I think it's a good idea to just refresh our minds as to what do we mean by a growth mindset. A growth mindset is the belief that someone has the capacity to continue to learn and grow regardless of any inherited ability. At work applies to everyone, regardless of where you are in the organization or how far along you are in your career. More specifically, a growth mindset at work means that as part of the organization, we all learn from our mistakes and we use them to continue to learn and to grow. In the workplace, a growth mindset can drive a healthy organizational culture and can help fuel the company-wide progress towards whatever goals that company has and can create more engagement around everyone who are part of that organization. What are some examples of the growth mindset at work? Let me share with you just a couple of examples of how the growth mindset manifests at work. One, instead of being discouraged by criticism, we are energized and motivated to use that feedback and see that as feedback that can help us improve our skills. Two, managers in an organization that has a growth mindset as part of their culture, they teach their teams critical thinking skills and help them identify and solve problems on their own versus being always part of finding that solution. Three, we, as part of the organization, no one is afraid to experiment, to find new and more efficient ways or more effective ways to handle our responsibilities. And we are empowered to do that. We are encouraged at, to experiment new things, to simplify, to find ways of doing things better and faster. And lastly, 
everyone in the organization understands that failure can happen and that that should not stop anyone from taking on challenging work. People are encouraged to take risks, to step outside of their comfort zone and to fail, knowing that failure is just part of the road to success. Does that sound like the organization that you're part of? Maybe, maybe not. Let's explore more what all of these means and how can we cultivate that growth mindset at work. So let's talk about the important role that managers play in developing a growth mindset. If you today have a responsibility over a team, this might resonate a lot with you. If you don't, it might also resonate with you just looking at your manager, at your supervisor, and how that person um, manages the team and how you feel under their supervision. So let me share a little bit of my own experience. I have worked with leaders with both growth and fixed mindset. And I have come to notice subtle differences in how these two types of managers conduct themselves. And I have to say that every organization is always going to have both managers with a growth mindset and managers with a fixed mindset, the same way that we're going to find employees with growth mindset and employees with fixed mindset. We all want to aspire to have a growth mindset. And as we said in the previous podcast episode, we all can because the growth mindset is not something that we're born with, but it's something that we can develop. And I think that gives us all hope that every day we can take actionable steps to cultivate a growth mindset. Last week, I gave you some examples on how can you do that for yourself personally. And today we're gonna bring those into the workplace. And I'm gonna give you some examples of what can you do, again, regardless of where you are in the organization and how far along you're in your career to cultivate a growth mindset at work. And before we jump into the two types of managers, why would you want to cultivate a growth mindset? Well, I like statistics and I want to share with you a few of those that Carol Dweck in her uh, research to write the book Mindset Find Out. She says that employees with a growth mindset are 47% more likely to say that their colleagues are trustworthy. They are more open to trust others. And we all know that trust is the foundation for a healthy corporate culture where employees feel engaged and feel that they belong. 34% were more likely to feel a strong sense of ownership and commitment to the company. 65% were more likely to say that the company supports risk-taking. And 49% were more likely to say that the company fosters innovation. Imagine that we could impact all of those things in the organization that we're part of. That will allow us to make such a big impact, not only in the business results, but in the way that we feel at work. We will be more engaged. We feel that we belong. We will feel more empowered. And a growth mindset will help you 
to grow faster and continue to develop your career and take it to wherever you want to take it. So back to what I was saying, I have worked with two different kinds of leaders and managers over the years. The one who believes in fixed abilities and promotes a fixed mindset. And these people tend to believe that those who don't perform well can never do well. And the other group who believes in growing those abilities and promoting a growth mindset. And they believe that people can be coached into improving their skills. Two very different perspectives, two very different mindsets. If you have a manager with a fixed mindset and you create the wrong first impression, it's going to be very hard to change that. If you work with a manager with a growth mindset, it doesn't matter what that first impression is. That manager is always going to look to coach you and believe that you can be coached and you can be developed, that you can develop the skills that you need in order to succeed in your current role or any future role. The first kind engage with employees to boost their own self-esteem, establish their superiority, and they want to prove that they're smarter. They focus on the employee's weaknesses they refuse to coach them and they blame others for failure. They do not seek feedback. They drive people into competent or incompetent and hire for their natural talents instead of looking for ways to grow talent within the organization. Managers with a fixed mindset, they also praise people for their intelligence with, um, at the same time, they fail to take notice of those who show improvement through effort and through hard work. After all, their fixed mindset leads them with the belief that people can get any better and that makes them stick with their initial impression about them. How can you spot these people? Well, you will often see them shutting down people and their ideas. They refuse to take responsibility for failures. They discourage dissent. They treat mistakes as a personal fault. And they give feedback that puts talent above effort. The second kind of managers, those with a growth mindset, they engage with their teams to create a learning environment, to provide development opportunities with focus on creating a learning culture. They focus on their employees' strengths. They coach them into developing critical skills for critical thinking. They take responsibility for failures. They engage with conflict with the desire to gain knowledge, to seek critical feedback, to learn from criticism. They actually welcome feedback from their own teams and from their peers. And they hire people who show the desire to learn and grow. That is huge. In interviews, you will see them asking questions on how do you learn? How, what did you learn from this? What did you learn from that? It's very ingrained in their mindset. They also invest in people and their growth since they believe that anyone can get better with the right kind of strategies, determination, and persistence. 
How can you spot these types of managers? Well, you will often see their eyes light up with curiosity while listening to new ideas. They embrace challenges. They offer advice to experiment, to try. They try harder and they implement better, better strategies, right? They, they want their teams to try, to fail, to learn from failure and to keep trying. They, will, they love pilots. They love experiments. They encourage difference of opinions. They use failure and mistakes as valuable lessons to help everyone to get better. They give feedback that involves personal mastery. In other words, they help you become the best version of yourself. These are my type of managers. These are the types of leaders that I love working with. And personally, I work very hard to be this type of a leader with my own team in my own organization. Now, what is the impact of this mindset in everyone in the organization? You know, people who work um, for growth mindset organizations where learning and growth is highly value have far more trust in their company and a greater sense of empowerment and ownership. They tend to be more committed to their company and ready to go the extra mile for the company because they believe in the work that they're doing. They welcome challenges. They work harder. They persevere in the face of struggle, which makes them more successful learners and better contributors to their organization. And I think we all want to be that person. We all want to be that person that is empowered, that takes ownership, that is committed, that is ready to go the extra mile, that welcome challenges, that works hard and perseveres, that learns and at the end of the day finds success. We all want to be that person. And yes, the manager to who we report into and the organizational culture in which we work can very much impact us being able to do all of those things. But it doesn't limit us in any way. Even if we work for a manager with a fixed mindset, we still can cultivate a growth mindset. And I think that is very important. A lot of people get discouraged when they work for certain type of managers. We all have heard that people don't leave companies, they leave leaders. I don't know that that is that 100% true. I think the manager, that frontline leader has a big influence into someone's mindset and someone's engagement. And they are the ones that have the biggest impact into developing and retaining talent. That being said, it's not all on them, right? We own our part. And having a growth mindset at work means that we own our own development. We own our own career. We talked about a little bit of what does that mean last month on our career development series when we talk about design, build, and drive your career. I really recommend that you go back and listen to that podcast episode if you missed it. 
So I want to talk about a couple more things today. One, I want to describe what a growth mindset environment that allows people to thrive looks like. And then we're going to talk about what can we do to cultivate that type of environment. Again, regardless of what is your title, where are you in the organization, or how far along you're in your career. So a growth mindset environment in which people can thrive I personally believe has these qualities. It's an organization where they, they value hard work, determination, and perseverance. They help employees to learn new skills. They coach people to develop critical thinking skills to be able to navigate challenging pro problems. They encourage experimentation to try new ideas. They use failure as a valuable learning opportunity. They empower to take responsibility and own up your mistakes. They encourage you to speak up and respect diverse viewpoints. And they give feedback that promotes learning and the desire to improve and get better. For me, those are the ingredients of a growth mindset culture. But as I said, you can help promote that growth mindset in your own team in your own organization, regardless of where you are in the organization. So let's talk about how can we do that. I think one great way is to give growth-oriented feedback. A lot of times we believe that feedback is something that the manager gives to their employees. But feedback is something that anyone and everyone is responsible for giving and receiving. When we start to see feedback as a gift, then it's something that we want to give away. You know, giving positive feedback can be very powerful in reinforcing the right types of behaviors and performance. But that needs to be coupled with the critical feedback. A lot of times what happens is that we are afraid of giving that critical feedback because we're afraid to hurt the other person. We are afraid of how the other person might take that critical feedback and that that damages the relationship that we have with that person. But again, when we shift our perspective and we see feedback as a gift, it's going to make it easier for us to be able to share that critical feedback. Now, the how we share that critical feedback is super important. If we don't want to damage the relationship, but rather we want to continue to nourish that relationship that we have with the person, sharing critical feedback shows that we care, that we want that person to improve, that we don't want those flaws, those um things that maybe they can, we believe they can do better to hold them back. By giving feedback, we're giving them the opportunity to reflect, improve, and grow. So when we're sharing critical feedback, it is important that we start by sharing our intent, that we share with the other person that we care, and that the reason why we're giving this feedback is because we don't want this to hold them back. And Try to, in the conversation, think about not only about sharing the things that they can do better or that they didn't do well, 
but also help the person find ways and strategies on how they can use that feedback to improve and to grow, and even to offer support in the process of either finding those strategies or working through those strategies to help the other person improve and grow. When we look at feedback in this way, it is so much less intimidating. Now, this past weekend on the 6 a.m. club, I share this quote that it's so powerful. It says, when we accept our flaws, no one can use them against us. That is why I personally believe that self-awareness is so important. I'll tell you, when I started my career and someone would give me critical feedback, it doesn't matter with how good intentions they had, I tend to came through as a personal attack. I felt attacked and my immediate reaction was to justify whatever I did or I didn't do. Now, fast forward as I have grown my own self-awareness and I know and I'm aware of what my areas of development are, When someone shares with me a piece of feedback around something that I have already accepted as an area for development and growth, it doesn't rob me in any wrong way. I don't see it as a personal attack. I actually welcome that feedback because that helps me realize that I still have work to do. So how can we help everyone create and continue to grow their self-awareness. It starts by getting a little bit uncomfortable with feedback and getting in the habit of giving feedback to everyone whenever we see value in that feedback. You can give feedback to your peers. You can give feedback even to your boss. I personally, as a manager, I like to ask for feedback from my own team. And that feedback is so powerful. We all need to feel empowered to give the gift of feedback to anyone and everyone in the organization. As long as we do it with respect and care, it will be welcome. Maybe some people at the beginning will fight it and get into a defensive mode, but how can you help that person get through that, even if that is their first reaction? And if we all take responsibility for cultivating a culture of feedback, where we are all open to give and receive feedback, we are contributing to creating a growth mindset culture in our teams and in the organization that we're part of. Regardless, once again, where you are in the organization. It doesn't matter if you're just starting your career or you are the CEO of that company. We all play a part in creating this type of a culture where we're all open to give and receive feedback and we use feedback to help us all improve. The second strategy is to encourage experimentation and ask for more experimentation. Show curiosity to experiment with new ideas. Promote the belief that every new initiative won't lead to success, but it will lead to a lot of learning. 
If you are a manager, you can directly do this with your team, encouraging your team to experiment with new ideas. Every time that someone in the team provides a new idea, invite them to experiment with that idea. That helps in two ways. On one hand, it helps to promote this culture where experimentation is encouraged. On the other hand, is encouraging accountability and ownership. Because if I share an idea and my manager tells me, I think you are on to something. Why don't you experiment with that? Now, the ball is on my court to own that idea, to experiment with that idea, and to be accountable for the outcomes of that experimentation, regardless of what those are, whether that experiment failed, and then it's an opportunity for me to learn to accept failure and learn from my failure, or to actually come up with something that works and can be scalable in the organization. Imagine the impact that you can make in either case, right? Whether you fail and you learn from it, and that way, not only you learn, but your team learns from your experiment. And if you succeed, then you're on to create a big impact by implementing your idea at scale. When someone voices their opinions, show enthusiasm to explore them further. If someone shares an idea with you, they're like, I've been thinking about this. Like, just say something like, tell me more about that idea. I want to hear more. Now you're encouraging people to share ideas. And even you can volunteer to say, hey, I'll partner with you in experimenting with that idea. I think my group can benefit from something like that. Let's partner and experiment with that. That's another way that you can encourage this experimentation. You also can ask some questions to further explore the idea, right? We don't want to experiment with every idea. Otherwise, we will only be experimenting and not taking care of our day-to-day -day jobs. But you can help the person narrow down their idea and think through if this is something that is worth experimenting. Questions like, why is this idea useful? What problem does it solve? And why is it important? What are the risks associated with not solving the problem? Why do you think that now is the right time to experiment with this particular idea? How much time and effort would it take? Where does it stack against other priorities that we have? I think that one is really important because my experience, and I have shared before in the podcast, I'm a year into a new job in a new company, so now I have perspectives of two different companies in two different industries. Overall, I've worked for three companies in my career. And in all of them, and more and more as time has gone by, people feel overwhelmed. There is too much in everyone's plate. We're all trying to juggle so many things, so many conflicting priorities, and a lot of those priorities. I think all organizations can benefit from a little bit of essentialism. We'll talk about that in a future episode. But because we all have so much that we're trying to juggle, it's important that when new ideas come into the table, because they're the new shiny object that everyone wants to jump in, uh, or a lot of people 
want to jump into those new ideas, especially people with a growth mindset. I think that is one of the downfalls we have when we have a growth mindset. We want to experiment with everything. We are excited by all the new ideas. We want to try them all. We want to learn from them all. And a lot of times it creates this FOMO, this fear of missing out of if we don't try this, we might be missing on a great opportunity either to make an impact or even to learn from that experience. So asking the question, where does this stack against all the other priorities is important. And in order not to shut people down, sometimes it's just putting things into context and saying, you know what? I really like your idea. I think you're on on up to something, but right now we're juggling all these other priorities. Let's put it on a parking lot and let's come back to this idea next quarter, next month, next year, whenever that is and makes most sense for your team and for the organization. Another way of cultivating a growth mindset at work is by accepting our mistakes and sharing our learnings. A lot of times we're afraid to say, I failed. We are afraid to accept our mistakes because a lot of times those can have an impact into the way our performance is perceived. And if that has a negative impact in how our performance is perceived, it can impact our compensation, whether fixed or variable. And a lot of people are afraid to speak openly about their mistakes or their shortcomings or their flaws because they're afraid that those might be used against them in a performance review or, as I said, in pay decisions. If we normalize failure, right, and failure is different than underperformance, we need to separate the two and differentiate the two and make sure that when we are talking to each other, we differentiate the two. Failing versus underperforming. For me, someone who underperforms is someone who is just not delivering on the outcomes that are expected. Failure is part of actually delivering the outcomes in order to meet your goals and even go above and beyond what is expected of you, you're gonna have to experiment along the way. You're gonna make mistakes along the way. And as long as you're learning from your mistakes and using that learning to continue to improve, you can be a high performer. Actually, when I think about a high performer, I think about someone who is vulnerable in accepting their mistakes. They're willing to make mistakes. They're willing to take the risk. They're willing to experiment. And they're eager to learn from all of those different opportunities that are presented to them through failure. So I think in order to accept and share our mistakes, we need to look at every failure pitch as a learning lesson, right? Whenever someone makes a mistake or fails at something, instead of pointing fingers, we need to encourage them to adopt a solution mindset by asking some questions. And you can do that whether you are the manager of a team or you are a member of a team. If one of your peers makes a mistake, try to bring up some of these questions into the conversation within the team. Things like, 
what caused this not to work? Maybe using a very well-known technique, the five well, five why technique to get to the root cause of why that didn't work. Basically, um, this technique, it was designed by someone, um, what was his name? Toyota, I think, like T-O-Y-O-D-A. And he used to work for the Toyota Motor Company. And in the manufacturing environment, they encourage employees to shift from self-justification to self-awareness by using this 5Y technique that now is widely open across all industries and basically is asking five times why. So doing a simple 5Y exercise after a failure can really help dig deeper into the teachings of that failure and socialize those learnings with the entire team. Other questions that we can ask is, what strategies can we use to fix this situation? What have been most valuable learnings from this situation, from this failure? What can we learn from this situation? Another important strategy to promote a growth mindset in the workplace is to share our own mistakes and failures. I used to believe that if I was vulnerable at work, that was a sign of weakness. And I have learned over the years that vulnerability is a superpower. Especially as a leader, as a manager, when we share our own mistakes and our own failures, we're normalizing being vulnerable. We're normalizing that we all make mistakes because we're all human beings and we're always going to make mistakes. And we make it safe for others to accept their own mistakes and our own shortcomings instead of hiding them because we're afraid of the consequences, maybe negative, of admitting that we made a mistake. I don't know if you have read the book uh, Daring Greatly from Brene Brown, but she says, vulnerability is not weakness. And the uncertainty, risk, and emotional exposure we face every day are not optional. Our, our only choice is a question of engagement. Our willingness to own and engage with our vulnerability determines the depth of the courage and the clarity of our purpose. The level to which we protect ourselves from being vulnerable is a measure of our own fear and disconnection. I love that. If you haven't read that book, I really recommend it. It's a great book to read. So in conclusion, we all can promote a growth mindset by choosing courage and clarity over fear and disconnection. Now, what are maybe other strategies that we can use to promote a growth mindset? One, create learning opportunities. And you can do this whether you are a leader in the organization or you're an individual contributor. Find ways of creating opportunities for people to learn. One of my favorites is to start a book club. Actually, I just started one at work within our HR team. 
someone said something about habits and that reminded me of one of my all-time favorite books, Atomic Habits. And I decided to just make a post in a common Teams channel and say, who would be interested in reading this book and doing a book club? And so we did. And it was amazing. We had an amazing turnaround. And I personally learned a lot, even though I've read the book twice and I'm just obsessed with the work of James Clear around habits. And I just love this book, Atomic Habits. I learned something new from other people in that group. And I got feedback from a lot of the participants that they all learned from sharing with each other. You can do that in your own team, but you can think about many other ways to create learning opportunities. If you read an article and you find it helpful and valuable, share it with others. If you listen to a podcast that resonated with you, you can share it with your colleagues. You can make a big impact in creating a culture of learning. By one, learning yourself and being a role model, and two, by creating opportunities to create learning opportunities with others. I am a fan of self-organized learning, where people get together and learn from each other, because we can learn from anyone and everyone around us. Never underestimate that. Never underestimate the power of just social learning by sharing with others. You can learn what is working from them, what is not working from them, and learn from each other. So another thing is, I think, to cultivate our own growth mindset is being open to learn from what others do in the organization. To try to get that cross-domain learning, that cross-domain understanding. What are the different parts of the organization doing, how they do it? That can help you just to have a better understanding of the organization as a whole, but also how what you do impact other areas of the organization. And that can lead for you to find ways on how you can make an even bigger impact. You know, when I started my career, I started working on a manufacturing environment. And my job was going to be as the um, training coordinator at this manufacturing plant where I was supposed to train the new operators that were coming into the manufacturing lines. I spent two weeks on a manufacturing line. I was the worst of the worst. I think our productivity dropped because I was in that line. I was terrible at it. But that teach me so much. I develop a level of empathy for people that I was going to train to do what I failed to do. And it helped me understand what were the pain points. And that helped me be a better training coordinator afterwards because I had that experience. Doing things like job shadowing, participating in programs that your company offers are great ways to create learning opportunities for yourself. A lot of times we think about learning and the first thing that comes to our mind is we need to go to this expensive training program. We need to spend four hours or a full day or multiple days out of work attending a training class. The truth is learning happens every single day in everything that we do. 
a great way to encourage a growth mindset for ourselves is to reflect regularly on what are we learning. You join a project team. After you finish that project, take time to reflect. What did you learn by being part of that project? You completed a task. Ask yourself, what went well? What didn't went so well? What can I do differently next time? Asking yourself questions like that can help you learn new things and develop and cultivate your own growth mindset. Those are just some ideas on how can you cultivate a growth mindset first and foremost for yourself at work, but also to impact the culture of your team and your organization so it fosters more and embraces a growth mindset. I hope that this is helpful. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast episode. If you did, I want to ask you two favors. Number one, please share it with someone that can benefit from today's content. And number two, if you have any questions in the space of mindset, personal or career development, please send them my way. I want to make sure that as I record new podcast episodes, I'm answering all of your questions. So I always welcome your ideas and your questions as an inspiration to create new content. And now with that, I hope you have an amazing day and I'm looking forward to talk to you again next week here on a new episode of the Leading Yourself podcast.